In Lord's Day 49, the Church has summarized what God's Word teaches concerning the third petition. And here we confess the following, what is the third petition? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may deny our own will, and without any murmuring obey your will, for it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a very close relationship between the second and the third petitions. Because when we pray for the coming of God's kingdom, we must also pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The two go hand in hand. According to Matthew 7, verse 21, the Lord Jesus said, Only those who do the will of my Father in he- who is in heaven will enter the kingdom of heaven. And elsewhere, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So while it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, at the same time, if we wish to enter the kingdom, we must do his will. And these two doctrinal points are not opposed to one another. In his good pleasure, the Father decrees those whom he has chosen, those for whom the Son will die, And at the same time, those for whom the Son has died are called to obey the Father in heaven. We need to keep in mind that when Jesus instructs us to pray, your will be done, he is instructing us to address our Father in heaven at the very beginning of the prayer. And according to Jesus in John 6, it is the will of the Father that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life and be raised on the last day. So in other words, it is the will of the Father in heaven that his children enter his kingdom. So our salvation depends on the will of God, on his eternal decree, or you could even say his secret will. But at the same time, in his good pleasure, he has decreed that the road into his kingdom is the road of faith. And that's been revealed in his word. The road into the kingdom of heaven is certainly not the road of disobedience, but the road of obedience. The road that God has revealed in his word. So I've summarized the sermon under this theme. God's children pray that his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that in the first place that we would submit to God's secret will. Secondly, that we would obey his Revealed will. So the Bible teaches that God's will is always being done. The coming of God's kingdom is that God's will is being done. It's always being done. As his kingdom comes, that is how God works out his will. That's one of the gifts that comes with the coming of his kingdom. And that's why the answer in Lord's Day 49 begins with the words, Grant that we... And all men. So, in other words, we're confessing here that we can't do this ourselves. And we don't have the will to do this ourselves. Whatever we have, 
must come from God because he is the one who works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. In other words, it is God who decides. It is God who makes plans. He has his goal for history, for redemption, for salvation, and that includes us. Psalm 135 verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth and in the seas and in the depths. So God gives everything its place. All the organs in your body have a particular place and function, but also our place in the church and in God's kingdom. God controls not only nature and his creation, but he also controls and directs our salvation. We confess in the Canons of Dort, for example, That God, in the sovereign good pleasure of his will, out of mere grace, chooses in Christ a definite number of persons and has from eternity appointed Christ to be their mediator. According to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it is God's will that people from all over the world be saved. According to John 3, verse 8, the Spirit of God moves wherever it wills. And Jesus himself said, I am, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? And the Apostle Paul, writing about God's will, says that the Lord will have compassion on whom he has compassion and mercy on whom he has, will have mercy. So putting that all together, when we pray your will be done, we are first of all acknowledging that all things are being done according to the set purpose of God. We read from Ephesians 1, we have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And God's purpose then, also Ephesians 1, is that in Christ we might be to the praise of his glory. So the will of God is that we live to the praise of his glory. And in order for that to happen, We need to bend to God's will. Our purpose must conform to God's purpose. But our will is often stubborn and disobedient, isn't it? By nature, we resist God's will. We are like the rebellious son in one of Jesus' parables whose father asked his son to go to work in his vineyard, and he said yes, but then he didn't do it. That's... The first and natural instinct of our fallen sinful nature. But congregation, that doesn't mean that God's will has lost its effectiveness or its power. God's will remains the source for everything that happens. The Lord decrees that we become children of God. Again, Ephesians chapter 1, from before the foundations of the world, he chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless before him. So it's his will that determined creation, but also determines our recreation, our rebirth through the Spirit of Christ. So when we pray, your will be done, we're acknowledging that it is God's will that we receive the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And at the same time, it is a prayer that God would make this happen to the glory of his name. So it's a prayer that God will, in the fullness of time, unite all things in Christ, things in heaven and on earth, so that we might inherit the kingdom. 
And this purpose of God is what Christ came to fulfill. Christ came to make this happen. He conformed himself to the will of God perfectly. He prayed, not my will, but your will be done, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's why he went to the cross. After all, his Father in heaven wanted him to save his people through him. So he came to do the will of his Father in heaven. And he came to ensure that the will of his Father was fulfilled. And so, if you think about it, it's really quite something that Christ then teaches us to pray this petition. Your will be done. Because he's teaching us then that we are connected to him. In his obedience to the Father. For we're praying for the same thing that Christ prayed for. Your will be done. And we are praying for the fulfillment of all that Christ came to do. And Christ reminds us of that purpose when he says the following, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So that's the will of God, that we have eternal life, that everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has eternal life, and that's what we're praying for in this petition. Father, let your work of redemption continue. Open the gates of your kingdom so that your children may enter in. We're praying that the Father would continue to fulfill his purposes in history until we are all gathered together at the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven. That's what we're praying for, this future. But the thing is that that future leads through this life, doesn't it? The way to this glorious future leads through troubles and difficulties. But even this is part of God's will for us. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So he is acknowledging with those words that even in suffering and persecution, God's will for us is our salvation. It's it's being worked out by our Father in heaven. So that means that we are never victims of chance or circumstance. We're not subjects subject to the whims of a of a capricious or, or fickle God. But we are being led and guided by our almighty God and Father who is in heaven, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for the sake of his Son loves us with a love that far surpasses all our imaginations. And it is in that light that we then also should consider the circumstances and the events in our life. Because God works all things for the good of those who love him. After all, he loves us in Christ from before the foundations of the world. And for that reason, we may and we should view every event in our life in the light of his love for us in Christ. In light of his purpose for us in Christ as his children who will one day receive their full inheritance. Again, God's word teaches us nothing happens to us without God's will. James writes in James 4 that we have to learn to speak in the following manner. 
if the Lord wills, we will live to do this or to do that. So our daily activities happen within the bounds of, of God's will. Even, even the ordinary things that we do every day all happen within the bounds of God's will. The same will with which he intends to give us our inheritance. So what can we conclude from that? We, we must therefore conclude that everything that happens to us, including sickness and health, adversity or prosperity, that God is using all of these things for the purpose of his will. So that his will will be accomplished. And since his purpose for us is eternal life, and since his purpose for us is an eternal inheritance, a crown of righteousness, a place on the new heavens and the new earth, then we may know that whatever happens to us in this life, that God is using that to work out that plan. And surely then, if we know what God's purpose is for us, we will not complain or become rebellious when things don't go the way we would like. And we would not become cynical either when life becomes difficult difficult because we know that God is still working out his purpose and his plan for us. And we know and confess that God's will cannot be prevented or changed. So when we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are acknowledging that God is working for our good. He is fulfilling his purpose for us. And so when we pray, your will be done, we are praying for and at the same time confessing that God is giving us and has already given us eternal life. And that gives us peace and assurance. That means that God is at work also in the, in the chaos and disorder of this life. His will and his purpose continues in spite of what we see and experience. Well, then when we acknowledge and confess God's purpose for us, we must at the same time listen to his purpose for us. In other words, listen to his revealed will. Obey his revealed will. According to Ephesians 1, God's purpose for us is that we should be holy and blameless before him. So ultimately, that purpose will be fulfilled, of course, when Christ returns. But in the meantime, God expects that we too are working toward that purpose already in this life. He wants us to conform our lives to the purpose that he has for us. And of course, that's where the difficulty comes in, because we are people who still struggle with our old nature. And so when we pray, your will be done, we are asking God to help us in that struggle, to release us from ourselves. We're, ask, we're asking him to enable us to fight the good fight of faith, to take hold of the eternal life to which we've been called. We're asking him to turn our hearts toward his kingdom and his righteousness, as Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. But the temptation for us is great to live like the people did in the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage 
until the day that the rains came and the flood came upon the earth. Of course, there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and marrying. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you live for, then that becomes a problem. Then you will be eternally lost because God's purpose for you is simply not eating and drinking and getting married. We often lose sight of that though, don't we? We often live our lives very horizontally. Our focus is often on this earthly life, about, about getting ahead, about making money, about accomplishing what we, what we are planning to do, on having a good life. And that's why we need this petition so badly, and we should be thankful that the Lord Jesus gave it to us. We need to seek the power of God in our life by asking, Your will be done. And that counts for all of us. Young people need to pray this prayer, but grandparents need to pray it too. We need this prayer so that we, according to Colossians chapter 1, may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. That's why we need this petition, so that we would learn what it means not to be conformed to this world, but instead to be transformed by the renewal of our minds, so that we may discern, discern what is the will of God, what is acceptable and perfect. Romans chapter 12. You see, often our biggest problem is not that we don't know the will of God. Our biggest problem is that we are easily conformed to the standard of the world. In spite of knowing the will of God. We know what God wants. But so often we'd rather not do that. And we know the things that he doesn't want us to do and, and see and say, but we do it anyway. And we say it anyway. It happens too often that we say, Lord, Lord, but we, but we don't do the will of the Lord. Our sinful nature is still very powerful. As the scripture says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When Jesus was on earth, he said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether my teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. In other words, this means that if we want to know God in Christ, we must learn to do his will and seek to do his will. And learn to pray, not my will, but your will be done. Only that prayer will help us to understand God's word and live according to it. And so let's, let's make that our resolve, congregation. Also in the coming year, let's begin our day with this prayer. Let's make it our goal to conform our will to the will of our Father in heaven. We need this prayer. Because this is a prayer that will open God's word for you and reveal God's will to you. 
This is a prayer that, according to Hebrews 13, will equip you with everything good that you may do His will. But at the same time, it's a confession that it is God who works in us that which is pleasing to Him. So with this prayer, your will be done, we are, we're actually putting our lives at God's disposal. We're saying, God, use us for your glory and for your kingdom. We're placing our lives under his direction. And we're confessing that our lives are directed by his eternal purpose. We're willingly submitting ourselves to his eternal counsel and revealed will. And with this prayer, we're asking for grace. Grace to live according to his will. Grace for us to enable, able, enable us to carry out his will, the duties of our office and calling, willingly and faithfully, just as the angels in heaven. I wonder why the catechism adds that. Well, because angels don't talk back to God, do they? They never ask why this, why that. They are an example to us. They show us what heaven on earth looks like. And that's how we're called to live. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That is the central attitude that we should have when we pray this petition. Deny ourselves, surrender our will to God's will. So ultimately, this is a petition praying for heaven on earth. We're asking God to to make us like the angels in obedience. And that's not asking too much, is it? After all, we wouldn't want to ask for less than that, would we? In fact, we may not even ask for less than that. We must ask God for perfection because that's ultimately his purpose for us. That his will be done. That it be done perfectly, also in our lives. That's what we're confessing in this petition. That's what we're praying for in this petition. And that's why we echo the words of Paul in Colossians 3. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Well, may it be our prayer, Lord, that congregation, that the Lord would fulfill that, this petition for us, for each and every one of us, that we may acknowledge his will, submit to his will, and have the desire to do his will as we continue to pray your will be done also in the new year. Amen.